0: Shalom, and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of one of our 2020 Elul study classes.
1: I, I think, at least to me, the Unatana um the focus of it is often the, the first two thirds of it, which is this poem that um, kind of reflects on our powerlessness in 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 life that work our smallness and the fragility of life and that whole section of the unatanatoka feels to me <laughs> this year maybe like something we've already done we 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 recognize just how little power we have when there is a global pandemic and um we realize how fragile our health is we realize how fragile the health of those we we love are, and we've all had to compromise um, in our in our relationships to um, to kind of stay connected to each other so i think I think in some ways, I have done that work of unatana tokev um, not to you know claim i 'm done with my high holidays but um that piece of the Natana tokev it feels like i've been there for the last six months um, but then there's the kind of the conclusion that's the utashuva Utafilo tzedakama avirin roa There's the, the this this conclusion to that we say before we go into the kedusha on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that kind of offers us this path forward. Um, the 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 this idea that via repentance or reconciliation, however you want to translate chuvah, via tefillah, via somehow through our prayers, um, and then finally. Um, through Snakal, um, however, we want to translate that our work to dedicate whatever resources we wish to dedicate to build a more just world. That those somehow mitigate um, the harshness of our destiny in the year ahead. Um, that to me does not feel like something I've, I'm done with, or I've I've you know done enough of the past six months. And even as we see kind of this radical brokenness in the world that's been laid. Doubly and triply bare by um, by a pandemic. Um, that there's there's so much more work of of repair that the tshuva that needs to be done. There's so much wor- more work of reflection of tefillah that needs to be done, and certainly so much more that we need to do to dedicate our resources to kind of fix the places where where injustice prevails. Um, and I and I think of that very very broadly that that we need to focus on in the year ahead and then kind of the other like line that i've been thinking of thinking about this kind of central prayer um, is is those last two mishnayot of the second paragraph second chapter of of pirkei avot um it's oh, i better remember because the second one of uh, the second to last one okay, it's probably tarphone um, it's the last two mishnayot of 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 the second chapter of avot which talk about um, kind of the First, about how the day is short and there's much to be done. And then this, the, there's this line then um, of Rabbi Tarfon's, one of the most famous lines of, of Pirkei Avot. But it seems really resonant right now as we think about doing works of repair and doing works of, of, of fighting for justice in the world. There is so much work to be done. Um, everybody disappeared. Are you all still there? Where did you go? Yeah, you're all. You're just here? on speaker view now. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna. It made me sad to see you all disappear. Hi, Rabbi Klein. <laughs> um, um. So I, there's, there's so much work to be done, and it can feel daunting to have that much work ahead of us for all, in, in this, in this kind of year ahead, and to be told, as Rabbi Tarfan tells us, that we don't have to finish it. But we're also not free to to walk away from it so um i i i we've we've got to think about how we're gonna do those things and i so i i I'll share my screen i'll share a link to this source sheet, and I have a source plus one extra for each of these kind of three themes of the conclusion of the unatana tokaf that we can look at together and kind of talk together for the next um whatever forty five minutes about um about about those themes and how we can think about our place working for justice in the world. Um, if you're willing to go along with me in this, that like the the part A of the Una Tanitoka feels good. I, I'm going to share those, one in the chat, and then um, one just by sharing screens in a moment. But I, I also, um, Rabbi Shot since you're also a moderator, I'm, um, I'll ask you two to help me identify folks. Like, I'll, I'll pause now, and if there are those who want... Um,
0: yeah, sure.
1: Those who want uh, to ask a question, even now, I'm, uh, let's pause here.
0: Any questions?
1: Okay, so I'm not just going to share this with Rabbi shots, I'm going to share this with everyone. I think that should work. Yeah, great. I just shared a link to the sheet on Safari. And then what I'm going to do now is try to share my screen, which is a little sad because I think you all will get smaller then. And I like seeing everyone. But <laughs> let's do it anyway.
2: They will get smaller, but you can manipulate your screen if you want, so you can see more of us
1: aha yes here here is at least some of the lovely people in the class. I see Alan still and if, and Rachel and a, a couple other people, and as I make it bigger, man, I, I can see a few more that 's good all right I feel like I feel like my friends are here <laughs> does everyone see everyone can see my safari sheet now? Yeah, okay. I only can see a few faces, so i 'm going to have trouble. Seeing folks flag me, I see a thumbs up from a blank screen, but that's good. Um, but feel free to to stop me um, and and throw your questions my way or by shots if you see people flagging and trying to get questions. in, please yeah. um, pull me towards them. Sure. Um, so I I, I thought we would dive right into kind of um, the source I picked to think about teshuvah through, and I'll just I I highlighted kind of the the main piece of this, but maybe we'll read. Yeah, let's let's look at the at the main point. So um, uh thinking about Teshuvah kind of the first of these three ways the poem Unatana Tokef tells us we can ameliorate or 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 lessen the harshness of the of the decree for the year ahead. Um, I thought I'd just just focus our attention on kind of what what is really the cri- most critical piece of the Teshuvah work and maybe it's obvious and maybe it's not. Um so this is um Maimonides Mishnah Torah this is Rambam's kind of text for the masses um Rambam wrote uh, Mishnah Torah in this very very presumably accessible Hebrew uh, that was at least Rambam's goal and it's there to kind of give us the basic rules we need and and Maimonides kind of one of the two or three greats of of medieval um Jewish life kind of tells us how we should be doing Teshuvah, how should we be doing repair and reconciliation in this time, and and Rambam's pretty clear. Rambam tells us um, I'll read from the Hebrew and I'll kind of freestyle translate um, um, Maimonides tells us doing kind of repentance in synagogue, I'm translating loosely and doing all our Yom Kippur prayers, they don't affect repentance, except the only kind of repentance they work for are the ways we've damaged our relationship between Adam, which is kind of mortal humans. Um, I I think it should be a gender-neutral term. It means uh, human beings who come from the earth and makom and God. So the only thing that if by praying and going to synagogue or zooming into synagogue on Yom Kippur, we're able to repair are the ways we've damaged our relationship with, with God. And then it gives some examples, whether we're eating things we're not supposed to be um, eating or having um, illicit sexual relationships. What, uh, that's, those are the kind of examples Maimonides uh, decides to list, whether illicit sexual relationships should be considered between God and humans are really, I think we think now about kind of, Sexual relationships that were inappropriate really being about damaging our relationships with one another. But we'll leave that aside for now unless we either have time at the end or we can't handle leaving that aside for now. And then Maimonides kind of gets to Maimonides' main point, which is, adam I'm in the highlighted part now. Um, Sins that are between one human being—I like that it's chaveru—even as we—even as we hurt another, they're still our friend. Kigon When we when we literally physically or maybe metaphorically fissure, um hurt another, o mikalel or we curse another, o goes or we steal from them, Um nimchal lo le'olam. Those we don't get repentance for for eternity till the end of the earth. Ad mashu until we give our fellow what we owe them, the Ratsehu, and then part B of it, we also have to ask for their forgiveness. So it's a much, much more complicated kind of teshuvah that, um, that Maimonides is calling us to do, which is kind of the, the part A of, of ABC of this conclusion to the Unatanatoka. So I'm gonna stop here briefly and like open the floor for questions again. Um, or comments, or 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 just kind of what is this? If, if we don't have comments or questions of our own, what what maybe this um, this raises for you as you think about a kind of our work with so much work to do in the world heading into this new year, coming out of another of, of a hard year that we're finishing. Um, I'm having trouble seeing in my tiny frame hands. So Rabbi Shots if you help me identify anyone, or I'll just talk.
2: Yeah, Karen Karen has a question or a comment.
0: <clears throat> okay. I hope to make this story short. Uh, this prayer, when I was gap by the first year, there was a family that always had this prayer, and came up with the whole family. I didn't know that. So in my attempt to make everything <laughs> smooth, they were late, I thought. And so I gave this prayer, the arc opening, to someone else. The wife said, You don't know what you did to us. You don't know what you did. This is our, well, I'm still carrying around, even though I apologized. And every time I saw them after that, hugs, kisses, I'm so sorry still, uh, 20 years later, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so whenever I, whenever, no, so every Rosh Hashanah, every Yom Kippur, here I think about them. Mm. That's all.
1: Wow. I see Rachel has her her hand raised. I managed to catch the the beautiful little zoom hand that gets put up. I that's such a, a powerful story and it really it's like perfect for Maimonides, who kind of says, don't give up. That's that's where Maimonides continues, which is keep going back and trying to repair that damage. Um because we it's so easy for us to think we're just trying to keep services running smoothly. And in in this instance, you really were trying to help everyone else out and yet somehow it really, it stayed with you and it stayed with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think Maimonides would say you've, you've done your, you've done your part, but I love that it, that, 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 that calls you each year to kind of think about, and it reminds you of the, uh, it reminds all of us who are here on this call of kind of even a seemingly small, um and minor thing that we might do without thinking much about it. How, how are we are so powerful <laughs> in our ability to, to both like share love and to share pain. And um and it's so hard to fix it when we've when we've caused pain.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, one kind of point of very big difficulty for me is If on Yom Kippur, I'm if 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 the ritual and the prayer of Yom Kippur is not symbolically repairing or absolving some of the sins against other people, it says Haverim, my friend, but expansive about that network, I I kind of struggle with what then is the point of Yom Kippur. I honestly don't feel very guilty about violating Kashrut or violating Shabbat or something that would be representative of actually what what the rabbis or Maimonides would characterize as a direct sin against God. Um, I feel very guilty for the harm I caused someone else and that I I just kind of struggle with what then is the importance other than having a deadline for making apology to a person that I've hurt, I kind of struggle with what's the purpose of the Yom Kippur ritual.
1: That's awesome, Rachel. (laughs) I'm just going to restate.
3: Big question.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I miss, I miss studying with all of you. I'll just say that again. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I can just restate what Rachel said, if to make sure I heard it, unheard it correctly. Um, I, I heard Rachel say that, um, Maimonides has told us Yom Kippur doesn't do anything to fix the the interpersonal damage we've done in the world. Um, and frankly, Rachel's saying, yeah, I, I, ritual mitzvot are important to me. I'm adding that in his commentary because I see you're a regular shulgoer. So I assume ritual mitzvot have importance to you. And yet when you, when you, what, what, whatever ritual mitzvah, either you're not doing or you're 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 transgressing. It you you don't feel particularly heavy guilt for that. So why if if Yom Kippur isn't repairing the big ones, what's it for? Um, I'd lo- I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll share a few thoughts on this. I don't know if Rabbi Shots wants to say anything. I'll but I'll I'll go first, and then if there's anyone else who wants to comment on this, because I think it's such a big question. Um I'll open it with a story. <laughs> um I I I'm not, I'm not going to give a lot of details except to say I, I did a um, a, uh, a a Jewish um, I, I want to stay as thin and undetailed as possible. Uh, a program, if with a, sharing with an with an Orthodox colleague, not that long ago, and it was I, I was a real it was as wonderful as they possibly could be. This is like not at all, at all, at all to denigrate, but like just to, it was as a reframing for me that like I, I, as a contemporary conservative rabbi, yes, the like the the like halachic rules are helpful but like I will never not choose I I I'm always going to choose um like making people comfortable and making people feel loved and making people feel included. No, like I, and, and making things work well, essentially over kind of what's the preferred halachic answer. And, and like that's that, that, so this, that, that to me, I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of your question, Rachel, which is that like what to me then the Yom Kippur in a very important way is we need those ritual markers. And it's that marker that's telling us both to think about what are what are the between God and human being or between God and me things that I want to focus on? What, where have I not had a relationship with God that feels meaningful in the past year? And how do I want to think about it to move forward? But also it's more importantly, or just as importantly, yeah, more importantly, uh, really the opportunity to like be called to, um, to like actually spend some time focusing on to Tefillah to to stick with our text of the day like what are we going to do to um, to build the to build the world we want to live in and we won't be able to necessarily do that on Yom Kippur but to spend you know the 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 yamim noraim to spend the high holidays getting ourselves ready to do that work seems I to me it seems valuable I wonder if if Rabbi Schatz or anyone else has some thoughts they want to share.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's a huge question. And I think that it's it's a properly positioned question um, in terms of how especially we feel right now. Um, I've shared many times with my community, and I know there are people on here from other communities, so I'll share it again, um, that the first time that we ever Zoom serviced uh, was me in my home because our senior rabbi was being tested for coronavirus. And I was both extremely mortified and for all the reasons that Rabbi Pelkovitz just said, really grateful that there was a tool that I could use, that I could set up before Shabbat started, keep it on in my home, all the things that made me feel comfortable about my own halachic observance. And yet the thing that made me nervous was having people see me on a computer in my house, right? And and that was, it was really hard. For me, and now we do it every week. But it was that was really hard for me. And I think that, that part of what your question is getting at, Rachel, is that the things that we do, like keeping kosher or keeping Shabbat, are, are intimate moments in our lives that other people don't even need to know about. No one needs to know if I turn on the lights in my home on Shabbat right? If I have people over for Shabbat, I won't turn them on. No one will ever know whether or not I actually do that. But when it comes to how I treat other people, by default, that means that someone else knows how I treat people in the world because they are experiencing that and they talk to other people who now know how I tend to other humans. So I think it's a a really important way for us to read this piece of Maimonides and also to just recognize that it, it might even be more amplified this year than any other year when our private spaces are actually also our public spaces um, and how that plays into the way that we understand our religious lives.
3: Um, I want to just throw in kind of a tangential thought. If we are all made in the image of God, and we all have bits of God in our souls, where is the line between the sin against my fellow person and a sin against God? And it's, again, a a big question, but it's a way that I can put more meaning into Yom Kippur thinking that way.
1: I'll share a text that I don't have in front of me, Rachel, but um, by way of an answer, um, there's a, I don't know why this is the text that came to me. Um, There's a beautiful, um, there's a beautiful, you won't think it's beautiful at first, but I think in conclusion, it's really beautiful. There's a text in Sanhedrin um, where it's talking about um, executions and the, 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 the kind of classical Jewish law around a Jewish court executing, um, a prisoner. And it, um, in certain cases, the body is hanged and then we're ordered to basically take it down immediately. And when they ask why, that's it. The answer they give is we think, to think about the person being hanged as if it's, we're seeing the image, it's God's twin. It's, um, uh, the, it's as if uh, the, the king's twin is hanging. And it's as if the king's image is hanging there. And I think, um, on the one hand, we could look at that text and say, oh my goodness, like the brutality of this executions that were done. And I don't think that's, that's the wrong angle to have on it. But I think another angle, the one that, that to me has always screamed to me about that text is, oh my goodness, gracious, think about the sensitivity of this text. And I, I, I'd feel, I'd feel less terrified thinking about being in a, in a society that, that, then i do living in a us that executes people which i think is just is not done with with the sensitivity of this uh, that the, that 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 thinks about a prisoner who's done whatever crimes you, a society has deemed as, as being the, the most egregious and still can think of that person not only as being a human but literally being god's twin and how do how do we treat that 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 person um so um yeah, that was what I was left thinking about. I know Jennifer has had a, a hand up for a long time. Maybe like quickly, because I I see we're halfway done, and I have we're only a third of the way done. <laughs>
4: uh, I'll uh, I'll try to be brief. So, um, it I had a at the a, 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 about two weeks after the election in two thousand sixteen. Uh, I had an exchange with someone who I thought voted for for uh trump and and um, and uh turned out it was so and uh, i said i mean I emailed back something so mean and i mean I was clearly feeling very emotional at the time i mean but it was it was pretty crappy what I wrote, and sort of each year as as we approach the high holidays, I think, you know, I really should do something about that. And then I would just be mad and, and I would, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. My heart was hardened. And I got to tell you, I don't know if it's been all this process doing a lot of these ELL uh, Zooms, if it is the the issue of COVID, it, it, there are so many things, but I am ready to take responsibility for what a shit i was and um and now i'm i'm also a uh um weak so i'm going to do it by email <laughs> which is how i did it the first time and if it results in a phone conversation but i have to tell you um here is my point about it is that we have this time of year that comes up and there are many times where, and I've said this in other conversations, you're, you're making me do something at a time where I'm not feeling it. There should be more than one day. Um, and so, and it's not that I haven't thought about this issue, but for some reason it is striking me that now is the time. So uh, in terms of what Maimonides is saying, um, I, I, i am i'm sort of there and and especially what um rebecca said in terms of you know only i i know and he knows and some people who know what i said to this person um god already knows uh but if i happen to uh you know eat something that is uh, i shouldn't be eating it's my own michigas. Uh god knows but but again it doesn't really hurt someone but what i did did hurt someone and uh for whatever reason this time has given me the kick in the pants that I need to try and repair this relationship so it worked it worked this time it worked we, we'll we'll see i may not be forgiven cuz i was pretty shitty
1: <laughs> so. i see what my client has her hand up and i'm not going to ignore a senior colleague so um please
2: that's okay. No, Go ahead with the text. No, it's I fine. No, I defer to
1: you. Kavod HaRav.
2: Oh, just r- real quick, I was just thinking that I always feel if you could reduce all of Judaism down to one little thing, for me, it would be elevating the mundane to the sacred. And so um, when uh, it was mentioned before, you know, I, I I don't keep kosher, so I don't feel bad about that. Or I, for me, I always interpret the laws as... Um, you know, mindful eating, or, you know, if you don't observe the laws of taharat mishpacha, family purity laws, um, there's mindful relationships. And if you don't go to mikvah, then it's about um, how we renew ourselves regularly. So, you know, each, each of the laws, I think, can be inter- interpreted as mindful ways of elevating the mundane to the sacred. And this, and this time of year is when we think about have we done that and how can we do that better?
1: Thank you thank you Rebecca Klein um all right let's is everyone seeing my screen scroll everyone can yeah. get okay um so i here for this text you're i'm going to i'm going to just keep giving too much away but what the heck um i this text is kind of a, a version of a text that i i put together with my um with my colleague in new york so i i my my i'm i'm at new israel funds la director and like strangely enough our new york director is also a jts ordained conservative rabbi rabbi Ayala cohen who I, we're never sure I, I really we need to clarify this it wouldn't be that hard i think we were there w- our one year together so ayelet finished um my first year um so we we kind of put together a version of this text sheet that's going to we'll, we'll use on an nif Yamim Noraim Call, because rabbis always double dip and triple dip their teaching. Um so this is these were this piece of it were were um were Rabbi Cohen's texts, so I'll I'll teach them in her like it's her Torah, but but I'm doing different things with them. It's not exactly the same. Um but but nonetheless, she brought these to my attention. I would not have thought to think about these texts with Tfila, and I think they're perfect for this moment. Um so here Rabbi Cohen shared with me two texts that um force us to think about who we choose as leaders for tefillah and i think it's really shifts the conversation for part b of the abc of Utshuva, Utshuva, Utsdaka, to be a question about leadership um the first is um from the Mishnah and ta'anit and ta'anit for those who are hebrew speakers is is a uh, know the word as being, um, meaning a fast day. And yet we when we think of fast days, we think Yom Kippur. Ta'anid is actually mostly talking about, um, fast days that were called in emergency situations. If, um, really the prime emergency situation in ancient Israel was drought. And so they were fast days to kind of plead with God to send the rain. Um, we, we have emergencies of our own. So the idea of calling emergency fast days maybe not such a crazy notion for the world today. But, but nonetheless, there's a lot of thought given in that text to who should be our leader. And then this one is from the Hineni, um for specifically the high holidays, and they have similar themes. So the, the Mishnah in Ta'anit, um, which is the first text there, um, I'll read the English this time, says when the public prayers begin on a fast day, we assign to lead the community in prayer one who is an elder, well versed in prayers, who has children, whose house is empty of food, so that the leader's heart is fully engaged by the prayers. Um, so I'll leave that text with you. So we're, our, our prayer leader on a communal fast day is supposed to be, I'm just going to repeat them back, not from the text, but someone who's kind of an elder, whether that means just symbolically kind of a leader in the community or someone. Of 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 many years, um, someone who kind of is fluent, well versed in prayers. Someone who's who has children. Someone who's impoverished, so impoverished that their that their pantry is empty. Um, and finally, um, all of that is so that the leader's heart is fully engaged by the prayers. And then the um, the Yom Kippur and really the Rosh Hashanah sidur as well. Um, in the Hinani, where before the Chazan leads Musaf, they have, they, they kind of say to the community, accept my prayer as the prayer of one who is mature, kind of similar to um, an elder, and maybe the same word in Hebrew. Yeah, it's Zakain again. Um, respected. Beard is full grown. We can read that metaphorically in an egalitarian setting. Um, um, voice is pleasant. And whose awareness is connected with all with all people. Urav even better might be to say they're really, they're tied to, they're completely um, um, entwined with the, the needs and the wants and the desires and the and the cries of of all human beings and in particular that community. Um, so I'm before I tell you what I think as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm, I'll throw this, what time is it? Yeah, what the heck, to one to whoever grabs my attention first. And um, why? I'm, I'll ask the question of why. why. Why do people think these are the types of leaders, kind of in these two emergency situations, one of them to kind of go back to the themes of, of our last conversation, it's an emergency that's already slated in our calendar, namely Yom Kippur. Okay, fine. Whether we think it's a real day or just a way of marking things it's it's the day of prayer and therefore it's it's kind of a highlight and the other is not just regularly in our in our calendar it's a it's a fast day because we have no rain and our fields are dried out and we know we're going to go hungry next year or We are have no rain, and our and our forests are on fire. To think a little more contemporarily about it. So why? why? I see Paula got me first. Before Bob, you're waving so well, though. Um, But somehow, I Paula's first on my screen. So let's hear from Paula if it doesn't answer. Bob, if Bob can kind of quickly throw uh, in as well. I think I can't hear you, Paula. (laughs) Maybe let's try one more time. So let's hear Bob and then maybe Paula type your answer into the chat and, and
5: I'll read it. Okay, I'm getting messages that my internet is not stable. So hopefully you can still hear me. But we can hear you perfectly, Bob. <laughs> it seems to me that an important value of the Jewish community is not embarrassing anyone. So if we were really facing an emergency, and God needed us all to own up to the misdeeds we had done, that would be awkward because so-and-so would have to talk about how they cheated in their business, and so-and-so would have to talk about their adulterous affair, and we don't want that. So we have public prayer in which the Baal, Zippur, the Baal shaliach, the prayer leader, is going to say, our sins and ask for forgiveness, avoid embarrassment of other people. And we want the best possible person. And if this person is not rich and they're an elder and they're an experienced prayer leader and they're older, they're probably not having an affair with their neighbor's wife. They're probably no longer in business. So anyway, that's my model of why it says this. No, I have no data to support that. I, I love it because it's, not, it's so great to hand off a text
1: and hear someone take this amazing read of it that wasn't at all what I had thought of. So I'm just going to state back Bob's reading to the best of my understanding, which is we are picking someone who has kind of the, the stamps of piety on them they're elder they're they know the prayer as well they're not rich they're righteous and therefore if they're saying forgive me for be, forgive us for being adulterers forgive us for being you know robbers we're going we're not we're not going to have to kind they're not going to feel awkward about it and we're not going to feel awkward that they're doing that because we know we don't have to we're not presuming oh my goodness look at look at Jane Doe or John Doe who's saying this because we know that this Jane Doe or this John Doe is, is,
5: it couldn't be them. It kind of- and the Jew in the pew who repeats after the prayer leader may be the one who had the adulterous affair. But everyone just says, you know, he said we have been inappropriate sexually. So everybody says we have been inappropriate sexually. So again, it, it protects their reputation and avoids the embarrassment of the members of the community.
1: Nice. Um, Paula, did, did you either your your mic start it- working or do we have a chat from you? Let's see. I don't, am I missing something? You just to unmute and then we can probably hear you.
0: Can you hear me now? Yay! Yay. AirPods—they don't work with me on these. So what I was thinking is that we've seen um, real contrasts in leadership during the pandemic, between the governors, you know, Cuomo and Governor Newsom, and the and the federal government and the ostensible leaders in those communities, and that that whole idea of being tied to all humans and all in the community is just when that is happening, you see the, the sort of the ultimate strength of leadership. And then I contrast that with young people who are taking um, huge strides on gun control and eliminating gun violence and in the Black Lives Matter movement, and women leading those movements. And so to see those as you say, in the egalitarian, the beard full grown, not being required. um, So that it's both women and I think it's, it's young people. And I think as somebody, for me, I can speak very personally. I'm older than the rabbis on this call. You know, I'm, I sit and I learn with uh, Rabbi Schatz and I learn with you, you know, Ephraim and you both have, and Rabbi Klein, you all have so much wisdom to share, and I'm not, and I'm older than you, and so I never think that the age, necessarily, is really what is the um, age alone is not deserving of respect and does not speak for lack of experience or lack of wisdom to share.
1: Nice. So <laughs> nice I'm glad we got your your mic functioning because it's good to hear you Paula um first of all I love this idea of, of like reversing the ageism uh rever- the, of like the like what what that we that we can embrace leadership um that 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 there's wonderful work and um really critical work do- being done today by those who are you know if, um half a generation, or even if sometimes a full generation younger than me, and that like we can, we, a generation above or two generations above can look to those people for um, inspiration as leaders, even if they don't fit the category, the, the full grown gray beard, metaphorically, um, there are other ways they've kind of embraced this leadership model. Um, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell, I'm going to tell you why we put this on our NIF text, um, but I think it's just as as important everywhere. I I broadly speaking to what Paulo is saying, which is there's we're in this moment where there's such hunger for moral and 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 just and 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 smart and serious leadership in the world. Um and this the, these ideas that our text are calling for people who really in, in both text A and B kind of the, the running theme is it's P, it's the person we choose to lead us at these vulnerable moments, whether it's Yom Kippur or, uh, or a fast day for rain are the people who are, who are most in need at those moments and they will understand the pain uh, that the community is facing. Um, but, um, I, 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 we chose this for our, our tech sheet because, um, we wanted to highlight an NIF project we've been doing, which is like a cheshuvah of our own in a certain sense. The the Israeli progressive camp, which NIF has kind of been not in a partisan sense, but from a from a um, from a non governmental stance, has been kind of a, a central pillar of. We we see that both there is you know really important Arab leadership in this area that isn't necessarily. Working together with the old guard Ashkenazi Jewish progressive leadership, which has not necessarily ever found a way to work together with um, Mizrahim, who may have who may be voting Likud but have you know tremendous um, you know um, um, structural disadvantages around housing and other areas, who may not be linking well with Haridim, who who may be sitting in government with the right but who are very very concerned with issues of poverty. And um, NIF has kind of built in the last couple of years a fellowship program to get up-and-coming um, progressive leaders from all of those camps doing, spending a couple of years together, by every other week writing position papers together, having mentors together, and really building trust. Um, and I think there's something incredibly inspiring to me in two ways. The first is this recognition of where we've maybe failed as a camp uh, and, uh, and the, the, this, this like major investment in, in figuring out how we'll find people, you know, these, these texts talked about someone who's not just who has a nice voice, but who is mi'urav bida'at imhabriot, who is woven together with all people and, um, to have leaders who really represent the people and who know how to work with all different kinds of people. Um, and I think that's something, um, that's really, really, really necessary in, in, uh, a society that isn't monolithic, um, to have, to have people who've built trust with different communities and to have people who, um, who understand the pain and the anguish of different communities. Um, so that's, that was, that was kind of the inspiration, this, this Alliance fellowship that we've built up the last couple of years. And, um, but I think it's thinking here domestically, thinking here, just, um, our city of LA, kind of who are the who are the leaders we're identifying? And I love that Paula raised that kind of young people from the broader justice movement in this country can be can be those people. I'm looking around. Oh, uh, we're perfect. We have like 13 minutes left. But if there is one comment or question, I'll take it before I dive into my last text. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm scrolling down. Aha, staka. Um So the last way we are offered by the poet who wrote this most famous prayer of the, of the Yom Kippur um, and Rosh Hashanah liturgy is that we can use tzedakah. And again, I keep defining that as loosely as possible, meaning um, w- dedicating our resources to fight for tzedek, for justice. Um, I, I, I love this text. So I, I brought it in here, which is a text from Bava Batra, Um, that talks about how we raise money and how we distribute charitable funds. Um, And I'll read it in English um, to kind of make sure everyone hears it and so that I don't have to read from an unpunctuated Aramaic text. (laughs) Um, I I should have, you know what, one of the the great um, hardships of this time is I've been working from home and I have this very random distribution of my library between home and my NIF office, Um, and for whatever reason my steinsaltz talmud is at my nif office so um which would be how i would typically read which is nice and pointed and has a nice commentary um alas it's in koreatown um <laughs> which i'm really not going to um so here we have a um a, a, a passage from Batra that talks about how we should collect charitable funds and how we should distribute charitable funds and um it opens with a breita. I'm going to kind of read selectively, which means it's a passage that, that's quoted in a text from, let's just say, randomly, the Babylonian Talmud, roughly the year 500. Um, but, it's, but, it's, but it's quoting a much older text from the Mishnaic period. It's quoting a text from, let's say, the year 200. So I'm going to start in the bold. The sage is taught, um, if everyone sees where, where I bolded. Money for the charity fund is collected by two people and distributed by three people. It is collected by two people because one does not appoint an authority over the community composed of fewer than two people, and it is distributed by three people, like the number of judges needed in a case of monetary law. Um, thoughts, reflections, reactions to the way this text tells us to do our fundraising and our, our fiscal distributions from a charitable fund, just from this text, if there's anyone who's immediately struck, otherwise I'll, I'll tell you what I love about this text. But I see Rachel ready to go.
3: Um, does the text specify if the two people who collect must be different than the three people who distribute? Huh.
1: I, I looked quickly at Rashi and at Atosafot on this page, but I didn't go beyond kind of the two first early commentaries. So that would be, that's a great question. I love it because, and I'm assuming it's because you want to make sure they're not colluding in some way. Um, yeah. You want to kind of keep the lines as, as clean as possible. Uh, that's a, but I like that question, the, this like extra care that's being taken. I think the first, the first is we don't want to just appoint just one person into an authority position. We want checks and balances. So we put two people there. Um, I, had a, I had a very close friend growing up I don't know why I'm telling this story now, but I can never resist telling a good story. I had a very close friend growing up. And if we, we were maybe, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, we'd go for a bike ride. His, his mother would always ask us, "Do you how many people are going? I want it to be a group of five. And, we'd, and when we'd ask his mother why five, she would always say, well, God forbid, if somebody falls on their bike and is hurt, I want two people to be able to stay there and keep an eye on them. And I want two people, not just one, to be able to go off and go for help. Um, so it always had to be in groups of five. Um, but here too, we want, we want somebody to, just like the two people going off looking for help, it shouldn't just be one alone. We want kind of charity to be, be collected and we don't want the, the fundraiser, no matter how pious they are, to be greasing their pockets. It's really the second part of that text that I found. Oh, I'll let Bob share. Go ahead, Bob.
5: So I think it's interesting that there are more people doing the distributing And that's because in most communities, there are fewer people who can give significant amounts of tzedakah. So you need fewer people to take it in. But there are many, many people who are either poor on an ongoing basis or are just going through a stretch, hard times. And so I think you need at least three people to evaluate who's asking for money and how much we should give them.
1: There is So there is more demand for charity than there is supply of charity, I, to, to, like, boil it down to, like, uh, to economic terms. I would say the other piece of this, I love that, which I think is, like, unfortunately um, deeply true. Again, a bo- I'm looking to my shelf to look for a book, and it's in Koreatown, but um, I'll recommend a book nonetheless. Rabbi Jill Jacobs, who's the... Um, I don't know what her title is. I think it's executive director. She's the number one at True ah, which is kind of a, a, a really, really wonderful um, nonprofit that works um, fighting for justice through a rabbinic lens. And and it isn't often these things like NIF. We're, we're, we're focused in Israel. True Odd does its work everywhere. Um, Rabbi Jill Jacobs has a wonderful book called, I think the title is There Shall Be No Needy. And she takes that from a passage I think in Vayikra that, that um, talks about kind of, she reflects upon this idea that like the Torah, even with its omniscient view towards the future, knows that no matter what, there always will be poverty, which is both both deeply realistic and deeply sad. Um, and similarly, we're, there always will be more demand for tzedakah than there will be supply of tzedakah funds. The other piece of the three that that, that seems to be, and, and now here it's not just Ephraim, but this seems to be the like consensus view of what the passage is talking about, is that when a community is distributing its takah, it's inherently making choices about who gets and who doesn't get. There's always a limited pool to give out. And three is the number of judges that will sit on a panel when making fi- uh, a financial judgment. So if, you know, the famous cases of, of the Talmud, you know, if two people are fighting over who a garment belongs to, or if there's any kind of legal suit, instead of having a, a jury of peers, as we'd have here in the U.S., the, um, the kind of the Talmudic system is to have a, a panel of three judges make the judgment. Um, and that's exactly what our sages are saying is going on when you distribute charity. You're inherently saying, I'd love to have millions of dollars to hand out, but I only have, you know, a 10th of that this year to give out. And I, I, I am going to have to say no to certain people. I'm, I'm thinking now of the, the, just the bits of stories, my, my, Great-grandfather, who I'm named for, was also a rabbi, Ephraim Pelkovitz, was a European-trained Orthodox rabbi who came to the U.S. and was a pulpit rabbi in, in Ohio and then in Connecticut. And my grandfather would tell me just kind of the stories of the congregants he dealt with. And it was often those kind of choices of making decisions, um, you know, is a, it is a ch- the famous ones? Like, is this chicken kosher? And you think about it differently based on the financial means of the person who's ad- asking the question. Um, and and that 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 theme is not 1900 or 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 the year zero it's today too it's we're always we're always making choices and we're sometimes having to say no to things that are also deserving because the pool is limited and to me this text it screamed out to me this year um when exactly what we opened with we're dealing with a world where um there is economic hardship. I, I saw the first few paragraphs of it, but the, the, the New York Times had an opening um, front page article this morning about you know uh, mini, the minivan um, um, food pantry runs, that like all the American families throughout the country who were, who, who were seemed to be holding on squarely in the middle class before the pandemic and now are, are reliant on, on, on food pantries because of food insecurity. Um, I'm thinking about you know the the, the outpouring of cries for 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 racial justice that we're finally dealing with. I'm thinking about kind of the fragility of democracy here in the U.S. and in Israel, um, and so many um, demands on our on our choices as we head into kind of both Yom, Kippur, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, kind of mark the kind of beginning of the qu- the fourth quarter of the year. as so many. Uh, Americans who do have the means are starting to think about how am I going to give tzedakah this year, and and we're all I just I, ju- I just think it's worth noting we're all we're all stuck in those places where where we're where we're, we're we are for ourselves becoming um, becoming a panel of three, and we're having to make those choices, and we're and we're having to think about the impact of them. It's it's really really a hard place we're being put into, and 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 yet there's so much that cries out for our help and, and so much in the world that needs to be repaired, whether it's via our funds or via, you know, doing political phone calling or, or, or volunteering to work at, a, at an, at an election place or, or, you know, working at a food pantry, if we can f- feel like we can be there. So it's not, it's not just a, a financial choice, but our time too, that we're in in a time where there's just so, so much need. Um, so I, I just, I, I guess I close thinking about this text with a to everyone to um to um that their that their prayers they should feel led by um by people who they know have have the hearts of everyone um with them at this time. They should um find the strength to repair relationships that have been broken because Yom Kippur won't fix them and that all of us should find the wisdom to navigate um navigate the many places that are crying out for our help, uh, in a deeply broken and unjust world, um, with, with wisdom, with the wisdom of a court of three. Um, so that's, that's my bracha to all of you kind of, uh, as we head into the last couple of weeks of Elul.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles.